Welcome back, homies. That's right, I've officially adopted homies. No looking back. Hi, I'm Julia Velova, the host of Anywhere's Home, a podcast about people's unique ideas of home. In this week's episode, I'm extremely excited to be interviewing my dear friend, Danielle Medina, who I met in high school. We have a fun little story where we met during musical auditions and I kind of trapped her into being my friend, but hopefully I think it's a friendship that she and I have been extremely grateful to have for almost a decade now. In this week's episode, we'll be talking to Danielle about human connection, loneliness, God, art, and so much more in relation to her idea of home. I'll let Danielle introduce herself. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I, I'm Danielle Medina, and right now I work in Kansas City area. I'm at Benedictine College, which is actually where I went to school, and I'm working as a missionary for this organization called St. Paul's Outreach, and they basically send missionaries to different college campuses throughout the nation and just try to build communities that uh, work towards building deep relationships, which I think a lot of people just struggle to do these days. So we just want to help with people making connections with other people. And obviously it's a little, it's based in the church, but really it's about combating this epidemic of loneliness that's kind of spreading around everywhere. So yeah, right now I'm at Benedictine working as the chapter leader of that team there. So I wanted to start out first with a little exercise. Close your eyes. Okay. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Now that you're closing your eyes, I want you to imagine your ideal home, whether that's somewhere you've been or somewhere you want to be in the future. Tell me what you see. I think I see like a little (laughs) cottage kind of area and just something that's cozy looking has cute decor, but homey feeling. And then I I just feel like I see I can be alone there or there's like the people that I love there. What do you smell? Ooh, probably some coffee. (laughs) Uh, And funny because I I feel like I see a fireplace going on. Not that I know how to work those, but um, I, so <laughs> I, I smell a fire or candles that we have going on, but yeah, just those things that are comforting to me. What do you taste? Um, my coffee. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm, drink- I'm drinking some right now. So <laughs> just makes sense. And actually <laughs> sourdough bread is really comforting to me. And when people give me their own homemade sourdough bread, I just feel like I could stay there forever. So I also feel like I taste that. Nice. Do you put anything on your sourdough bread? Just some butter. It's all it usually needs. What do you feel? Warm and probably I either have soft clothes on or at least a soft blanket around me and some socks. And what do you hear? Probably calming, calming music I really have been listening a lot to this artist called Rue Paines, who just has a really calm voice and sound and is really uplifting, but grounding. Yeah. 
Now you can open your eyes. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. Nice. Welcome back. What a great place I was in. <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful, very comfy, cozy, mm. perfect for the holidays. Right. <laughs> I'm in a mood. So, uh, Danielle, what was your first home? Well, I was born, my family is all from San Antonio, Texas, originally, and that was where I was born. And I think that we lived there for like, like a year or something. <laughs> I honestly forget. And then my parents eventually moved to Gurney, Illinois. And so I don't remember my, my home ever really being San Antonio, but for most of my life, we've been living in Illinois. And my home was in, it was right by yours, really close <laughs> on Kingsway West. And it was just this nice home where I have three siblings. So the four of us and my parents became really comfortable. And it was nice because it, it was like neighborhood feel as well we used to and it's funny because times have changed because in the in the past it was like a lot of block parties and we would the kids would run over to other houses and be like we're gonna start a what's that called kickball game and <laughs> people pretty easily join in on that and eventually that just died down which is pretty sad but it was just like a really friendly area and a home that I always knew it so there wasn't a lot of change throughout my years which I know I'm I think I'm lucky to say that so yeah gurney <laughs> why do you think there was a stop to having everyone have a block party or having yeah all play and stuff do you think it was age or was it something about culture I that's I don't know I think there was several families that my my, my family was good friends with sometimes like people yeah would move out and new people would come in. And I just feel my experience was, yeah, it just used to be more natural for families to like, for neighbors to get to know each other and knock on each other's doors and know about each other's lives a little bit more. And I feel like over time, that's just been less and less like natural of a thing to do. And so people taking initiative to get all the families together to throw like a block party was, I don't know, that just became less of Maybe whoever was like organizing that moved out and no one else was like <laughs> ready to take on that <laughs> um, job. And I remember one time going around and be like, let's, let's make a kickball game happen. I went to one house and they were like, yeah, okay, we'll play. And then I went around to other houses and a bunch of people were like, no, sorry, we're busy or no, we're, we're not going to do that. And we didn't have enough people. And I was like, I guess we can't do it. And so I had to go back to that first house, which I have social anxiety, by the way. So that, that was hard enough. Um, I went back to that first house and was like, sorry, we can't play because no one's playing. And they were like, oh, okay. And I just remember being like, that's so weird that we can't play and people don't want to play. <laughs> and yeah. I think after that, just being less like inclined to try to make that happen because other like others weren't doing it. So I don't know. That's that was a memory that I have. But how old were you when you did that? That's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> if you had to guess, <laughs> maybe like eight to ten or something. Oh, that's yeah. so sad. I know. <laughs> how dare they say how dare no, they? little Danielle? Yeah, it was just a funny day that everyone had homework, but I took it quite personally for sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that makes me think about your current role in SVO and how now you're kind of doing that same thing. You're knocking on doors saying, hey, Mm. let's hang out. Let's do this. Can you tell me what it feels like now being that community builder, that person Mm. who is planning the block parties? (laughs) (laughs) No, that is funny. There is a connection there. Um, Like I said, I'm actually pretty naturally introverted and really struggle to walk up to people and believe in my head that they want to talk to me, (laughs) like that they will welcome me saying, hey, what's what's up? Um, And there's probably a lot of reasons for that. But so that that part of the job is actually definitely a bit of a hurdle for me to get over to believe like it's okay if they say they don't want to hang out or they don't want to come to this party. It's not, that's not me that they're rejecting. Well, they kind of are, but like, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not like they hate me. Um, yeah. But I think just believing in my head that like people desire community and people desire to really be known by other people. And that takes some work and some time and invitation. And so the invitation is always worth it even if you're rejected often. <laughs> and I just remember, cause I just remember my own story of, I got involved because a missionary reached out to me. There's, I'm sure a couple of times that I was like, no thanks. <laughs> but eventually I was so grateful that I'd been invited because I was really struggling to build relationships with people. I just, I really didn't know how to do it very well in college until someone showed me, I want to know yet. I like, I really want to have a real friendship with you and for it not to be just like surface level, but to like go deep. So I think I remember that when I'm like trying to invite other people that maybe they'll say no, but maybe they, it's probably likely they could really benefit from this kind of community. So how do you feel community plays into the idea of home and your personal idea of home? Yeah. I think community is so important. I think that this world has become really increasingly individualistic. We gotta take control of our own lives. We like have to, we have to be in charge of our own self-care. But I think it's really clear that we've only become more and more disconnected from one another. Obviously media and technology has been a huge proponent in that. But I think people believe, and I know that I fall into believing especially as an introvert, <laughs> that I just need to, I need to be alone. I need to be away from people. I just need to go away and spend some time. And I think really what I'm craving when I, when I feel that way is total control of my life, that no one else can like make a say, that, that I can just do whatever I want and no one's judging me. Like all these things that are good, but a little bit twisted where it's like, okay, but then, but then no one gets to know you. No one gets to love you. And So I just think that community is messy because, you know, people are weak and human and they make mistakes. And so then people think like, no, I just got to be alone. (laughs) But we, we have an innate need to be known by other people, mess up with other people and reconcile and to, to learn how to love one another. I, so I think that's a huge part of finding a home is like making sure there's other people to make that home with. Like you said, community can be messy. Can you explicitly say three of the benefits of having other people in your home? Hmm. Yeah. So in SPO, there's this thing called household where 
people who are interested in really being a part of the community and committed students can live together with missionaries or just a bunch of students we put together. The goal is for them to be growing in their faith, but to learning how to choose one another. There's hard parts of it because people, they, they don't choose to live with one another. We just throw them. <laughs> we like intentionally do it, but we, we put them together ourselves. And to live with people that we have not chosen, that have just come into our lives is can be really hard, especially if obviously the personalities are a little difficult to, to be together. But the truth that everybody is, everybody is worth loving and you to believe it for yourself that you are worth being loved really comes up to the test when you're in a house and you're living together every day and you rub on shoulders and you get annoyed. Do you still believe it's worth it that, that you love this person and that they love you and get past those frustrations? So I think a huge benefit of living with people, choosing to be with one another is learning how to love past our preferences. Like it's not just like I choose the people I choose, but literally anybody who would come into my life for an extended period of time is worth loving. And through community in my home, I'm learning how to die to my preferences and say, it doesn't really matter actually. I What's most important is that I understand you and I, I love you. So that's one. Another one is that, yeah, we, like I need to be known by people. So I think being in relationship with others by, by yourself, it's really hard Like you can learn all these things. You can take these personality tests and know what your strengths are and be like, yeah, I know I'm good at these things. I can affirm myself in that. But it's so hard to keep doing that every day (laughs) and you're so close to it. So for someone else, and it's not what we rely on, but for someone else to be like, Julia, you are so freaking good at loving people. I've just seen the ways that you're trying to reach out to people and not let go of those relationships. For other people to affirm you and your strengths is like so important. And yeah, I think we devalue that too much that maybe we rely on it. And yeah, that's definitely not helpful. But we do, we need to be known and seen by others. Yeah, in our strengths. So that I think is another huge one. And then to surround yourself with people who are, not just like-minded, but have the same goal. Maybe you're like different, like super, hopefully actually you are super different in a lot of ways, but for you all to have a similar goal, if you're living with a bunch of people who are like, I'm not trying to do anything with my life. And you're like, I'm the only one who's trying to do anything with my life. It's just hard like to, to stay true to like what you know is right and what you want to be doing. And perhaps there's a mission for you to do that and be like, I'm going to try to help these people. But for the most part, I think that it's, it's the best thing to have in your home people who are all have the same goal. Obviously, in, in household and through SPO, the goal was we want to learn how to love one another and we want to grow deeper in our relationship with God. And so that was always helpful because then they could say, see in each other and say to one another, is this what you're doing? I see that you keep doing this thing. Is that really helping with our goal? What we're all trying to do? I'm not so sure. And you can know that it's out of love, but there's like a momentum there when everyone has like the same desires and like the same running speed, you're running together. And so that can be 
super helpful. And when you come home carried by that rather than fighting to make sure that's still happening while you're at home, when you're at home, you're supposed to be resting for the most part. Right. So I think that can really help with making sure you're in a place that you can like trust and rest in. Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought about that, about how when a shared when you share a home with someone, they can be your best accountability partner. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. a goal. Um, right. Just being able to debrief at the end of the day mm-hmm. about what you did to achieve that goal or get closer yeah. to that goal. Totally. It's a really beautiful way to think about home yeah. <laughs> that I feel yeah. like everyone has, but mm-hmm. that sounds like an ideal. I'm curious, how do you see a home teaching others how to love? teaching those within the home how to love yeah so in spo we offer household and it's really like it's not just we say and and we believe it. it's not just another place for you to live it's not just this house that we're giving you and these people it's a way of life that's really actually different from just living in the dorms or living in an apartment with anyone within the household we're saying we want you living here because we want you to choose these people. And actually we want everyone in the house to admit we're not perfect at loving one another and we need to grow in doing that. And so when we, when you're within that commitment, then there, there's like always a household leader who's monitoring all the relationships, making sure people are doing okay and being ready to call people on if it seems like they need some fire under their butts. <laughs> but I, I experienced in household that when I was struggling, if someone was getting on my nerves, I would be short with them. Really normal stuff, but actually even just being short with someone and being passive aggressive wasn't allowing our relationship to go towards bettering it. It was just planting seeds of division and it was, it was like the silliest thing. But actually when I felt it, I was like, yeah, the, we feel weird around each other. It gets into the whole house. My household leader reminds me of my commitment to grow in love. And so the biggest thing I think we would try to teach people is how to, the, the importance of reconciling and the importance of not just letting that sit, which I think is another thing that we just want to do all the time in society is just like, I'm annoyed and I'm being passive aggressive, but I'm not going to really do anything about it because whatever, what can you do? But believing that there is something you can do and believing that there's like always more and deeper that we can go and more love to be had. So I either, whichever side I was on, speaking to that person and being like, I struggle to love you in this way and I'm sorry. (laughs) I apologize for this time that I said this to you or I apologize that I'm always doing this and I'm trying to grow and I hope you'll hold me accountable and like continuing to grow. So I think that the house, the, the members of the house have to commit to this idea of we're not just gonna settle for wherever we're at and all our frustrations we like want to like move We want to press into those things and openly communicate with always the goal of learning how to love better. That's obviously not usually (laughs) the ways that people like sign up to live together. And so I don't think it happens very naturally. I think it really does have to be the choice of the members of the house. Yeah, but that's a really 
cool way to look at it. The idea that just the fact of knowing like that something is bothering you, knowing that there's yeah. something about someone else that you don't easily accept is a way mm -hmm. of learning how to love something better. It's totally. just acknowledging and moving oh, forward yeah. with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think if more people had that mindset of, hey, this is bothering me. It's not your fault. It's like something that mm -hmm. I need to work on accepting or something that we can work together to compromise on. Right. That's such a huge lesson in loving someone or something. Totally. That people forget about. Mm -hmm. I think it is for the most part. If someone is getting under your skin, it, it, it could be for, for sure like a maturing that needs to happen in them or maybe it really is something like, hey, actually you've been saying things in this way and that hurts me. That's really real too. But I just feel like maybe seven times out of 10, eight times out of 10, it's something that we just need to grow in learning how to die to our preferences and just be like, it's okay. They're different. <laughs> I'm different. And, and this is such an opportunity for me to learn how to love someone that's different from me. Yeah. And even yeah. those other examples you mentioned, learning how to tell them that that's something yep. that hurts you is yeah, a way of letting someone learn how to love you and you mm -hmm. be vulnerable and oh yeah vulnerability is a huge part of love yeah. that I think people try to forget is part of it but <laughs> yeah. um, kind of the key <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah very cool something cool that I think you've been mentioning is you know this is a lot of relationship building a lot mm -hmm. of emotional hmm. home but you yeah. also mentioned that your organization, SPO, gives people a house to live in, a physical space. So not mm -hmm. only are they committed to making an emotional home, they're committed to giving you a physical home. Mm -hmm. What is it like creating a physical space that mm -hmm. feels like home for all these people who are different? I remember when I moved into household, What's something that's really cool is that SPO really prioritizes finding a good space like a house sometimes it's like we find that we have to do unideal situations but they really want to try to find a house that's comfortable and that has a kitchen and a place for a dining room and a place for a sitting area for really intentional reasons so that there's like a home that requires chores to take care of for like stewardship a home where they can make meals twice a week which just feels so homely and then a place that they can beautify so that when they allow other people into their house they have the opportunity of hospitality and making others feel at home there making the place just feel really beautiful and warm and comfortable was i think already naturally something that was really important to me but it was so cool because to the whole house this is important and it's not silly it's a big deal that you guys feel at home here so that in the ways that you guys are welcoming others into your home, they can also feel at home. So I've always just loved decorating and putting up a bunch of art and putting up warm twinkly lights and all that stuff. So it was cool to learn how to do that for a whole house and a kitchen and a dining room. And there's just like a lot of ways that kind of they continued to bring that out of me in the way that we were living our lives and sharing like our homes with other people. It was cool. 
speaking about decor and art, mm -hmm. you're an artist yourself. That's true. Um, <laughs> and I feel like the art you make is a good representation of not only what I imagine you see as home, but mm. you also make commission work in yeah. pieces that I think other people find um, mm. a lot of their own idea of home in. So with that, I want to start with the type of art you make and why you yeah. make it. I mostly paint with gouache paint. Hopefully you've heard of this paint listener, but for some reason, a lot of people have it. And it's basically a mix between watercolor and acrylic. I really recommend you try it. But gouache paint, and I, I paint a lot of landscapes or kind of scenery settings. And I paint them pretty small. Usually they're like four by six or smaller or slightly bigger. And I do that. I also do printmaking and do carving, but I, I do, I really love to paint landscapes. And I feel like I'm still just like figuring out what my style is. Cause I, I have, I like see other people's work and I'm like, come on, I just want to paint like that. I, that's, I wish that's what I could make it look like. And maybe they'll have that for the rest of my life. And I'll never really feel like <laughs> I found it, but um, I know that I just really enjoy making painting places that are real but painting them so that they feel a little bit magical, like a little bit, yeah, just like that the lighting is like really brings you into it and feels really special. I really love nature and mountains and trees. It's just as I hope, I think everybody does. But I do love just like spending like an hour or more trying to capture these places that I love seeing because you're so right, it feels like home and homey and I do feel like I'm getting a piece or being able to step into someone else's feeling of home when they send me commissions or pictures that they want me to paint it's really cool Danielle um, made me a few I commissioned a few of her paintings and she yeah. gave me one of Rue, Chile and the Czech Republic brought in Peru and the Czech Republic so those were two of my little homes and I just remember while you were painting them, you kept on telling me like, oh, I just feel teleported to these places. Yeah. So thank you for sharing them so with cool. me. And like, my pleasure. Like you got to see <laughs> no a little problem. bit of my abroad home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're really beautiful. Um, we'll plug uh, Danielle's art account in here at yours art. Yeah. Definitely highly recommend. You can see her beautiful pieces of home. Mm. But on top of that, you do have a lot of, not a lot, but you've made a few images of Jesus, God, and mm -hmm. I know knowing you for as long as I have, we've both grown together in our faith mm -hmm. in, in the past few years. I'd love to hear about your thoughts on God and his relation to your home. Yeah, when I was thinking about just this really general prompt of like, what do you think of when you think of home it was really the first thing that I thought of was that God my relationship and my faith has brought me to this place where it is he's allowed it to be at certain places and certain feelings and senses that make me feel comfortable and feel at home but ultimately he has said that I could bring you anywhere I could ask you to go anywhere and you would still be at home because you are with me because I, because I'm with God and he's with me. And that's, that was like a big part of 
signing up to be a missionary, they could have sent me anywhere in the nation. And it was just such a crazy, like, wow, I could go to New Jersey or <laughs> I could have gone to like Florida. And I was like, but I told them you guys can't send me anywhere that's hot or anything. Cause that just, it won't work, but they could have theoretically sent me <laughs> to Florida, <laughs> but I was uh, just like in praying and discerning, is this, am I ready to do this? I, I knew that anywhere that they sent me that because I believe that the Lord is um, guiding my life and preparing the path ahead of me, that wherever I was going to go was his will. And he was going to make a place where I would feel at home or I could least believe, well, the Lord is here with me. He has brought me here. And so I can feel secure because, because of those reasons. So, yeah. I think that's so interesting that you said that because I've also lived in a couple of different places and, Mm -hmm. you know, God, I've never questioned that there's a God and I'm very grateful for that conviction. Mm -hmm. But when I I decided to go to college at Davidson, it was a very last minute decision. Mm -hmm. I had two options, one that was in Ohio and one that was North Carolina and Mm -hmm. It was definitely one morning I woke up, like I went went to bed and prayed, God, give me a decision in the morning. Yeah. And I woke up and I knew that I had to move to North Carolina. I was like, wow. that's it. There you and go. it was a great, and I love my experience mm-hmm. there. It was mm-hmm. awesome. And then I moved to Austin, Texas. And I think I had lost myself for a little bit. I definitely... Mm-hmm had I think it was part of college too I definitely felt like my relationship with God was not its best and Hmm. when I moved to Texas I was able to reconnect I went to a new Hmm. church because I was lacking community I was lacking Mm -hmm. that sense of home and the more I went to that church the more that I would talk to my parents about my struggle with finding home in Austin the more I found my trust and faith in God and I feel like the moment I found that again was the moment that I felt more than at home in Austin, Texas. Yeah. It just like all clicked. I had the same amount of friends that I was making, you know, I was still fostering the same relationships, but that click was like, yeah, this is home. Hmm. Yeah. How just even that mindset that you were speaking of can Uh really bring peace. Yeah. Because I, I, I think what we're looking for in a home, and this isn't always what we get, but what, what like our heart's desire is when we're at home to feel safe and secure and to feel loved and known. And that is what God desires to like provide for us. And so he takes it out of it being a physical place, though he does want to provide those as well. He can be our home if we like just allow him to be that for us. And I've really seen, I graduated from Benedictine and they sent me to Kansas city. So it wasn't that far, but it was definitely a new place, totally new people. None of my friends totally new, but I knew that he was with me and I knew that I was known and loved and that I was safe. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, I feel good. Like I'm home. (laughs) I feel okay. And eventually that place became so comfortable and like so truly just a home in it of itself he like desired that for me and allowed it just like our heart's deepest desires for yeah comfort and all of that is what he wants to give us so it's just cool because yeah I really even with like my future 
I feel that peace and like confidence in just being like not too concerned with, I don't know where exactly what my next job will be or where I'm going to live and what, if I'll have a family or all of that. I just, I know that he wants the best thing for me. So I feel pretty at home and pretty safe and that I don't have to like worry about it too much, which is really cool. Yeah, stability, I feel like mm. in a lot of the conversations I've had is one of the number one things that comes up. That's yeah. a piece. Like you can live somewhere and not feel safe and know that it's not yeah. home. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Mm. And then, yeah, the comfort aspect. Like I have a friend who said her bed was her number one home. And it's, yeah, yeah. that's where I feel most comfortable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where I lay my head to rest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think home is consistent or is it ever changing? Hmm. <laughs> um, I think it's both and because uh, <laughs> um, what I just talked about, God, it makes it this non-changing thing that's always with me. He doesn't change, but he I know that God would could and probably will call me to just like a lot of different things throughout my life. I think he even allows and makes plans for us to be disrupted in our lives so that our reliance of peace, like our desire for peace and our hope for peace isn't in material things or a particular place or a particular job, but it's in him. I think that I just really believe that wherever he could call me, he like wants to make my home and wants to give me a, a people and a community to grow in and to be known by and to, yeah, to run with. So I, I just see that I'm going to bop around like a little bit while, while, I don't know, capable. And he like desires that. But ultimately my home is unchanging because it's in God. So. All right. So now I'm going to do a little bit of a speed round. Um, so, okay. Are you ready? Okay. Three words to describe home. Ah, safe. <laughs> Comforting. And love, probably. Cheesy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. What do you wear to feel at home? I've got this um, sweater, this sweatshirt. It's a sweater that's like knit. I think. And it's dark blue. And it just, I got it a couple of years ago and I wear it like every day, I think. And sometimes I'm like, is that weird? Do people still think that's weird? But I'm just like, no, <laughs> it, goes, it goes with everything. And I don't really care that much. And it feels warm and comfortable. And wherever I'm at, if I can put that on, I feel pretty good about myself. So yeah. Nice. <laughs> what song reminds you of home? Probably there's this song by Rue Paints <laughs> called Know Me Well. And he's talking about, it's really hard to tell you. He might be talking about God. He might be talking about a loved one. But the whole idea is that this other person he's talking about knows, knows him well and is like seen the goodness in him and has allowed him to become who he's meant to be in, in all his goodness. And I just really believe that being known is like such a part of home, as I've said. So know me well, Rue Paints. There you go. There you go. All right. 
what food makes you feel at home? Mm, probably Thai food. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just, Thai yes food. okay. Last night, just last night, my mom was like, I'm getting Thai food. Text me what you want. I was like, that's right. Great. <laughs> so, okay. All right. And this is going to be even quicker. So okay. who is home? God. What is home? What is home? Love. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? I said love. <laughs> Classic. Nice. Where is home? Anywhere. When is home? Oh, it's right now. Yeah, right now. And why home? I think it's what we were made for, to be at home and to be safe and all that. So Nice. Cool. That was so hard. (laughs) You did a great job. Thanks. But now that we've gone through all that, I have one last kind of really big question. How do you feel your home is tied to your identity? Mm. <laughs> hmm. Well, I think I've said a lot of how it's so much about, it is so much about the physical space, but I think in my life it's become to be even more so about the people and the people that like God has brought me to, to learn how to love better and to learn about myself and them. And so I just feel like each person that I've encountered in these homes, even just like my family (laughs) that I return to every break and live with, each of them in their different ways teach me about a different facet of, of God and of love and like all these different ways to love and to be loved. And I've just learned from, I've, I've tried to at least to absorb this as I go and learn, like live with more people that to like let that affect me and change me for the better to learn how to love in just like these new ways and to see God in these new ways. And so I think I've just carried that with me. It's made me for sure who I am today, the different people that I've lived with and the different ways that God has loved me through these different homes. And I just think that God has made me to be a particular person, but he's used all of these experiences and people and places to just bring me to this place and to continue on from here to become who I'm meant to be and really be someone that can love as perfectly as we can while we're here. I'm not quite there yet, but (laughs) I know that's what he has for me and, and wants for me and all of us. So Danielle, thank you so much for being here with us today. Any last words before we sign off? No. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was Thank my you. pleasure talking yeah. about hope. So great. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Anywhere is Home. Thank you to our very special guest, Danielle Medina, for sharing her thoughts with us today and being an amazing friend. I still owe you for all the rides to school at 7 a.m. in the morning and everything else you do to make me feel loved and known. Hosted and mixed by yours truly, Julia Rolova, and produced by Jamie Kreppen and Amani Davis, a Room 19 production. Music by Zachary Rolova, my brother. Brought to you and distributed by Anchor. We hope you hit subscribe and stay up to date with all our latest episodes. Much love, homies!